0: and welcome to GEC Important Talks. This is a podcast series presented by the team at Global Education Connection, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing children who are affected by conflict or natural disaster with resources like educational materials and art supplies. As a part of this podcast series, we want to talk about important topics related to children, their human rights, and their education. Of course, none of us are an expert on these topics. We speak only to our knowledge, personal experience, perspectives, and opinions, but there are many credible online sources for further information. Today, we have myself, Catherine Slaughterback, and Carter Beck as your hosts. And today, we're going to be talking about um, excessive heat and the impact that can have on children. So, um, obviously, Carter and I are in two different places right now, like usual, Um, and I don't know for anyone else who currently lives in the Northeast, but we are currently under a heat wave, which has been absolutely awful for everyone going to college in the Northeast who does not have access to AC, which seems to be a pretty common theme, especially in Boston, apparently. Um, So I think we can all kind of relate to this topic a little bit right now, especially after the really, really hot summer we all just had. Um. so obviously, I think this is a pressing issue that's obviously going to get worse as climate change and global warming continue to be a major issue um, that the world is working to address.
1: Well, in addition to that, um, I was reading more about this topic, and there was an article from The Washington Post by Laura Meckler. And um, it was really interesting uh, because it talked about the differences in the way that schools are constructed across the country. Um, She said that in southern states, air conditioning has long been a necessity, and schools typically are outfitted with centralized systems. But cooling systems were considered unnecessary in the older cities of the northeast. Kind of like what you said, Catherine, with New York when uh, buildings were constructed decades ago. Now, with climate change producing hotter weather, the calculations are changing. So I thought that was really interesting that she said um, where in the Northeast it's not the having extreme heat is not um, really factored when when they're doing the calculations for buildings. but in the southern uh, southern states in the US where extreme heat is is more common or has been more common in the past, um, a lot of these schools were were outfitted with centralized systems. So very interesting in terms of just building construction. And we can see that it's already affecting schools and classes, like where schools are being cut early, or they have to move their sports programs around because of the extreme heat. Um, so it is something that's affecting millions of kids across the country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think another part that like kind of ties into this obviously is like the economic disparities between where schools are located. If a school may have previously not have had AC units because excessive heat wasn't an issue, but it now is um, and they have the funding to be able to put AC units throughout the school or create a centralized air system. um, Obviously they have the ability to do that, but in places that might not have the same kind of funding, they're not going to be able to outfit the school with the proper Resources in order to make it more comfortable for students, faculty, other staff members um, that are necessary to keeping the school running.
1: Well, I, I mean, so I, I know that there are, there have been instances where, like we we see there because of the extreme heat waves, um, like especially athletes, um, student athletes, where they might have a, like a heat stroke, or or I, I know I've read where some actually have have, have even died because of it, um, and. And so, at that point, it's really the responsibility falls on on the, the school um, to to protect these students. That is their their goal. They have to do that. And so, at the point where these sports programs or outdoor activities are still continuing, even with the heat wave, and it's leading to heat strokes. Um, the schools are not doing enough to accommodate for that, and you have to ask why that is. And like you said, it could be economic disparities between different communities where they might have a larger PTA that might be able to chip in to provide more air conditioning units, or if they don't have as as, um, as well-established a PTA or as well-funded or, or enough volunteers for their PTA, they might not have those resources. Um, so it's it's very interesting to be able to to see that, and we have to ask why it's it's continuing, and what are the steps to, that need to be taken to address that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think another factor, particularly with sports or other like outdoor um, recreational activities, a, a big facet of that is, of course, obviously the coaches and teachers included. Like if a a coach knows that they're going to have to practice in a heat wave, then they should make sure to factor in more water breaks, more time to maybe take a break to go inside for a little bit to cool down Um, or figuring out if it would be easier to do it earlier in the morning or later at night. As much as people may hate that, it might just be more safer to do that because of a lower heat um, temperature or even um, like for schools. Uh, back when I was still in like elementary and middle school and stuff, a big thing for them was just taking us outside and sending us to go like play in the uh, soccer field for like hours to obviously get us outside and doing something. But if it's excessively hot and we're not able to go back inside to get access to water, then you could still be putting kids at risk.
1: Yeah, and, and on that topic of water, um, there was a New York Times article that talked about a... Um, an unfortunate death by a student, um, from a Kentucky university in August of 2020. Um, basically the student died of a heat stroke after a sports practice. Um, and that turned into a lawsuit that was very costly for the school. It cost them $14 million in in a settlement. Um, and so at that point, I mean, the money is, the money is, um, it, the money's not important at that point the obviously the importance is on the, the the health and safety of the students but unfortunately if if uh if if schools are not taking the responsibility to take care of their students then they they will there will be um litigious action that's placed against them because parents um and and other members of the community um feel like they have no other option but to take legal action against the schools.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another thing I just thought of, um, growing up um, in Pennsylvania, you obviously get snow and cold weather. So a, f- a factor of my school determining when we would have things like no school or two-hour delays would be the temperature. If they knew that when we would, when kids would usually either be walking to school or boarding the bus – um, they would delay school until it would be a little warmer, so kids wouldn't be expected to make that journey or have to stand outside for excessive periods of time if it was under f- freezing temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's necessarily also applied to things like excessive heat. At least it wasn't when I was in school. So if that's another thing that needs to be taken into consideration, um, for kids who do have to walk to school or have to wait for excessive periods of time standing for the bus you're still exposing them to this excessive heat. So how how do you also factor that into a school schedule? Because obviously the way that, at least for public schools in America, we go off of it is The way that it used to be before we have summers off because of that's when kids used to help out on farms and stuff Mm -hmm. or it's like in major cities when families would leave the cities and go to more rural areas in order to get away from the heat of the cities of the diseases that tended to spread during the summer so you needed that summer time off but we don't follow that same schedule necessarily anymore um so yes children are maybe not experiencing School during the height of heat, but then also in areas where the schools do have ac units but children maybe don't at home, that could pose another danger as well
1: yeah definitely the i mean one one possible solution would be to um i mean schools schools uh where where I live we're starting back up in August um and it's extremely hot in august uh so one thing you could do is maybe adjust the school year so that way it's Maybe October to May, but also make the class days longer, so that way they're not you're not reducing the overall uh, volume of education that the students are obtaining, but also but you're you're increasing the the duration of time throughout the day that they're being educated, but shortening the total number of days throughout the entire throughout the year, and so that way students aren't as subject to extreme heat um, if their schools aren't built to To cope with it, um, where where the schools would be shut down during those extreme heat months, or the the average extreme heat months, so like uh, July, August, September.
0: Yeah, I think no matter what the way we look at the education system, something has to change, especially in the face of things like excessive heat waves or other factors of climate change that are causing these major weather events or major weather patterns that we hadn't previously had to deal with. Obviously, the school schedule itself, but also school infrastructure needs to be updated to reflect that. So like schools in the Northeast who previously didn't have AC units, they need to work on incorporating those into their schools. Or um, maybe even in areas of the South who weren't previously as used to cold fronts have to now get used to that. Um, So I, I think that's definitely going to be an important factor of the discussion moving forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, like uh, the last couple of years in in Tennessee, we've seen um, more snow than average. And uh, I mean, with any, any small amount of snow, every, every school shuts down just because like you said, they're not used to seeing that. And they haven't, um, they haven't made those changes to the, the infrastructure of the buildings to accommodate for that level of, of uh, cold weather. And so at that point where we're seeing more, uh, more extremes whether it's heat or cold schools need to take that into account and make uh, appropriate adjustments
0: yeah especially not just for like the comfort of students or even like fear of things like heat stroke and stuff in adult in like teenage athletes but like little kids aren't little adults they're like bodily functions are totally different than adults they're not used to acclimating to temperatures the way that we are because we've had so much longer to get used to doing it so excessive heat or excessive cold are much more dangerous to them um because like it affects your kidneys your liver um people with diabetes or asthma that can totally mess up your system because of the excessive um like excessive stress that you're now under because of this heat that you're not previously used to um and like obviously another factor of that is things like children being left in cars um or other dangerous scenarios like that where parents maybe forget or don't realize how hot a situation is and put their children in it um which could prove, like, fatal. Like, the number of stories you hear these days about babies who are, or toddlers who are accidentally left in a car and die of heat stroke is insane. Or, like, the number of, um, like, cars that have, like, little screens at the front who now, like, every time you're about to get out of the car, flash and remind you to check to make sure you get your kid out of the back so your kid doesn't die in the back of your car.
1: Yeah, I've got that in. Uh, I've got that feature in my car now. Where uh, every time I turn the car off and open the uh, driver driver side door, it flashes a warning on the screen. That says check your rear seat. Um, Unfortunately, unfortunately they built that into um, these newer cars for a reason. Yeah, I'm looking up some stats right now on the uh, conditions of public school facilities um from the national center for educational statistics i'm just reading some some stats right now about that just because i'm curious about the uh like the structures of of public schools um
0: yeah, like, like we said every public school is going to be different some mm-hmm. that were built in more modern times are obviously going to probably have more access to things like heat and ac while older buildings might not um, like like i mentioned earlier the economic disparities Obviously, schools rely on things like property taxes in order to pay teachers, update infrastructure, uh just even maintain the buildings. So obviously areas that have more money are going to be able to do that more easily than um, schools without those funds.
1: Yeah, it, it, I mean, um, according to this article from the National Center for Educational Statistics, it says among public schools, um, and then it looks at the different statistics from there. But for energy management systems, um, well, let's see, where, where was it? Heating systems, air conditioning systems, and vent- ventilation filtration systems, 30% of permanent buildings uh, were, were fitted with um, these systems. So less than one in three uh, permanent, permanent school buildings had uh, air conditioning systems. Um, that's, that's pretty pathetic.
0: Yeah, but again, it's it's just one of those things where, like, maybe more northern areas, just it wasn't something we needed in the past. So it wasn't something schools that, again, rely on property taxes and already, especially public schools already struggle with funding a lot of the time, weren't going to make the investment in if it wasn't seen as something necessary. Um so it it's just kind of one of those things that I think the entire world needs to work to adapt to as climate change gets more severe.
1: Well, I think that's something that the um the so the president uh anytime there's a new president they appoint their cabinet and then their Department of Education um can work towards um promoting legislation to uh, Congress and Congress could act on that saying that any new building that is constructed uh, needs to have air conditioning and heating systems uh, in place plus also they they could also say any any school building um, every school building needs to have air conditioning and they could mandate that and that would yes there's a cost associated with it um, but like you said children's bodies are not as adapt to extreme weather as um a, as adults so i i have a hard time really making the uh, the the cost comparison against uh a, a child's safety
0: yeah plus i mean a lot of kids in general already don't like school Don't make it like don't make it something even more miserable for them to go to if they have to sit in a especially like imagine being like a teenager and you're packed into a classroom of like 30 other teenagers who are all sweating because the building is extremely hot. Not only is that cruel and inhumane for those students, but it's even more cruel and inhumane for the poor teacher that has to deal with that.
1: Yeah. And if you, and like you said, make it a, if the, if the buildings have heating and air conditioning, make it a, it makes it a pleasant place to, to be. Um, and that would increase learning potential, um, plus also overall, um, behavior because people aren't going to be as frustrated with extreme heat or they're not going to be, um, they're not going to be, be cold. And that just shuts down people's, uh, like emotional, um, capacities when they, have to focus on regulating their body temperature
0: yeah like i I don't know how much this was true for maybe other schools but at least for my high school you could tell when the weather was starting to warm up because people would get antsy people like fights would break out we literally called it like fight season because how often fights would frequently break out once it started actually becoming warmer um because obviously like everyone gets crabby when it starts to get hot out you don't want to. Imagine being in a building of, like, 500 crabby teenagers. We're not going... We already have a public teacher crisis. I don't think we need to add (laughs) excessive heat and angry teenagers onto that. I know I wouldn't want to teach in those conditions, and I'm not even, like, studying to be a teacher. So I think that's, like, another thing you need to take into consideration. Not only is it bad for, like, students' bodies, but it's also bad for their mental health. Like, but, like... (sighs) Like anyone who's been in excessive heat knows how dangerous that can be Absolutely, just your mental facilities. Like it can cause disorientation. It can lead to seizures. So it's, it's not obviously just about comfort, but also like protecting kids' brains. Like they're there to learn. Make sure that I actually have the proper conditions to do that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, at the point where like government buildings, hospitals, um, I mean, they they all are retrofitted with air conditioning because it's for the safety of the workers and also the safety of the patients of the hospitals. So the same should be done, or even more so, for schools, where the the health safety and responsibility for the education of kids is their primary concern. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, we don't we don't see uh, the news where hospitals are facing is- issues with their air conditioning. Like we don't, we don't see that because it's not a thing. It wouldn't be uh, deemed appropriate or acceptable. And we shouldn't make that excuse for schools.
0: But I think specifically with hospitals, a big part of that is a lot of hospitals are privately owned and run. Mm -hmm. So these corporations know um, the pushback that they would get for not having these buildings that are meant to take care of people properly outfitted to do that. Um, while, like I said earlier, with things like public schools, they're relying on taxpayer funds.
1: Well, so um, it's the same thing with hospitals, though. And anytime they accept a patient for uh, with Medicare or Medicaid, they're relying on taxpayer funding um, for their revenue. And so it's the same thing for the school. If you want to look at it like that as well, they're relying on public school tax or the local school tax and also revenue from the state or also or the federal government as well. Um, so if a hospital didn't have uh, air conditioning, um, Medicare or Medicaid could say, we're not going to pay for care for this, um, for a patient to go to this facility because they're not going to be treated appropriately.
0: Yeah, I just it's one of those things of actually getting the government to do it. And I, I think specifically with education and, like, needing the Secretary of Education specifically to, like, kind of go out there and lobby Congress for this, that is especially in danger with, I don't know if you watched, like, the RNC debates, but the number of Republicans on that stage who were calling for the dismantling of the public education system and specifically the, getting rid of the Department of Education. Like... I don't think these people necessarily realize how important and vital it is, not just to America, but, like, the entire world to have a educated public. Um, and not everyone can afford um, private schools. I know my family couldn't. Then um, there were, like, all the kids who fa- are in similar financial situations to my family's also can't afford private schools. Um, and also public schools are just, like, they're, they're a needed, like, they're a necessity. You need to have them because not... Um, um, a great portion of pub- of private schools are often linked to religion. Like, that's just, you have Catholic or Christian or other um, religiously affiliated private schools, and, like, that's a majority of them, or at least the ones that were in my area were. Um, and that's not necessarily something always wants. And even, like, secular pre- private schools like again not everyone can afford that so having a private or a public institution that is explicitly secular in nature is important um not only to like educating um obviously the general public but also like the first amendment it's it's vital to freedom of religion but also freedom from religion
1: Yeah. And, and, and having a department of education sets the standard for what we believe education should be. And that's, that's the importance of the department of education, because it sets the baseline. Um, it says education needs to be this minimum standard. And at that point, they, they fill, they fill the gap where community can't, whereas there's not going to be private, private schools, um, all around, because like you said, there are, um, there are communities that cannot afford that so public schools thanks to the department of education come in to fill that gap to ensure that all children meet a certain standard of education and that being that being said the department of education serves a very vital uh very vital um role absolutely so that was that was uh, a rather interesting to, to hear from the debates um and we'll talk about that some more um on on another another episode yeah Uh, that 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 could
0: totally be its own separate thing
1: seeing what the the candidates the candidates answers were to certain questions um that that was very interesting but it speaks to like you said the importance of the department of education and its its role in protecting communities that cannot afford private uh education or maybe don't want education associated with religion
0: yeah absolutely um Because again, the the idea of a well-educated public is so central to not only just things like democracy, but like humanity as a whole. We all benefit from having a well-educated public.
1: Absolutely. Um, and that's the purpose of our, of our nonprofit. That's why we were founded is to continue to um, support the educational needs of kids, regardless of if their their lives have been uprooted by conflict or their their homes have been destroyed by a natural disaster. That's where we come in to fill that gap, to fill the gap where maybe a government may have fallen short. But we come in with educational materials to to help that child so they can continue with their learning and their development. So. Yeah, that's what wh- that's the whole reason why we were founded um is, is for that purpose
0: and obviously excessive heat waves in the united states don't have the same damaging effect as other natural disasters or things like conflict in other countries do on their education systems excuse me but it's still important to talk about especially as like i said earlier as climate change gets worse as these excessive heat waves get worse like we had the hottest summer on record and unless we proactively start to seriously address climate change, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, I don't know about you, but I would not want to be sitting in a 120 degree classroom while trying to learn trigonometry. Like it's just not something anyone wants to do.
1: And there's a cost associated with it either way. Either you're going to, you're going to make the investment to help um, address climate change, or you're going to make the investment uh, to to protect people against the effects of climate change. So either way, there's gonna be a cost. It's just dependent upon how the people want to spend that money, if they wanna spend it proactively or retroactively. And unfortunately, with the extreme heats that we that we have been seeing, we have to, we've been spending a lot of money in retroactive expenses, like air conditioning units, um, and or ad- adjusting school schedules, canceling schools, um, because they did not do a proper job in planning and preparation for these extreme heat, uh, heat changes.
0: Yeah. And then of course, these things like excessive heat waves lead to other damaging effects. Like they can lead to drought Mm -hmm. or wildfires. So this isn't just an isolated thing. Like everyone here, at least in the Northeast suffered because of the Canadian wildfires this summer. Like I couldn't go outside for a good portion of the summer because of how hard it was to breathe. Mm -hmm. So, like. That's just going to keep getting worse as the heat waves get worse because heat obviously will dry up water reserves, leading to drought. Heat will dry up forests and make them easier to start a forest fire just like that. Um, And we've seen that, especially in areas like California or in the South, where even things like, like gender reveal parties can start damaging wildfires that take out millions of acres um, and that's just going to keep getting worse unless we start to proactively address climate change.
1: Yeah, so either we have to proactively address it or we pay for it with um, fighting off wildfires and having to deal with the uh, smoke and the air pollution from them. Yeah. <clears throat> so.
0: And things, obviously, um, are being done to, to address this or being worked on um like last summer's inflation reduction act was a great step forward in, in investing in things like green energy which is going to do uh, a huge amount of help. Um the other day Biden just canceled um I think like arctic drilling um leases that had been negotiated um which will obviously help um and then obviously a bunch of stuff is being done at the international level through all the different treaties and conventions um, and even in A little less or a little over a week um, as date of recording. I think it's September 19th that Biden will be addressing the United Nations. So that's something to look forward to to see what he says in regards to climate change, if that's something he's going to continue to push for, um, both at the domestic and um, international level, because. Sure, he's speaking to a bunch of leaders at the UN, but this is also an address to the American public. The American public just has to actually listen. So that will be really important to see what he has to say about that leading into the next election, where I think climate change is going to be a big hot button issue, especially if it, again, comes down to Biden versus Trump or whoever the other Republican candidate might be.
1: Very interesting but i do look forward to having a, an episode about the uh the reactions uh from the debates
0: that uh, uh, yeah that will definitely be interesting <sighs> anyway um all right i think we will wrap it up there for today um but before i get into my little outro spiel i think we should talk about our coloring book
1: awesome well if uh, to our, all of our listeners, if you enjoy the content that we produce, whether it's on this podcast, on our social media platforms, um, as well as the the nonprofit work that we do for helping kids around the world, one of the best ways that you can support us is by purchasing our coloring book on Amazon. It's a fantastic coloring book for for kids to be able to learn more about animals, um, plus to be able to, to draw. And it's the exact same book that we've sent to kids in, in Turkey. We've sent them to, to kids in Mexico and here in the United States. Um, so please consider purchasing our coloring book because that's one of the best ways to be able to support us in the work that we do. So thank you.
0: Yeah. And as always, that will be linked in the description below, along with all of the sources we used in today's episode. So thank you all so much for listening. This has been uh, GEC Important Talks brought to you by the team at Global Education Connection. You can find us at our website, www.globaleducationconnection.org. To learn more about who we are what we do and how you can help us support us like through the coloring book or through the other shop that we have open Um, you can also find us at all, all of our social media platforms so again thank you so much for joining and hope to see you again next week bye